and welcome to the Codec Moments podcast with me, Matt Holt, at Codec Moments on Twitter. And joining me today is the fantastic Alistair Cornwall. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. You? Not bad. Not bad. It feels a bit weird only having to do two introductions. I know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. been a while. There's another one who hasn't joined us tonight. <laughs> yeah. Not his cup of tea, is it? No, in fairness. Uh, yeah, getting straight at it, we are going to be talking about the latest F1 game. So F1 2019, which we've both been spending quite a bit of time with. Um, and we mentioned that to Andy and he just shriveled up in a corner and started hugging himself. And there's some kind of PTSD with racing games there that we'll not get into at this point in time. <laughs> so F1 2019, it's hit stores about a week before this podcast has with the Legendary Edition and a couple of days afterwards, the Anniversary Edition. Pretty much the only difference is Senna and Prost are in the Legendary Edition and you're paying an extra 20 quid. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, which I was a little bit surprised at. I thought there'd be more to it than that. Yeah, there's a few extras, um, like that you can get their suits and gloves and stuff. But yeah, yeah that's, that's literally it. You've got their um, career rivalry thing that you can race. Yeah, you've got it. eight challenges to, to take part in in their cars. You pick their likenesses um, and you get three days early access on the game. But I, I just, and I know we're starting on a bit of a negative point and these will disappear quite quickly. But, but I did have the overwhelming feeling we're paying an extra £20 for this. Yeah. Half the price of the game again, it it feels a little bit steep. It, yeah, if it was you're paying f- for the Legends Edition and there's other Legends to come, yes. then that wouldn't be too bad. Um, maybe getting some Mansell in there, maybe some Hill, etc. But an extra £20 just for that it is a little bit salty. Yeah, yeah. Two likenesses and eight challenges. Yeah. And Bear three days mind. early access. And anything else they're adding, so updating the F2 cars to 2019 as opposed to 2018, which is in the game, it's all free. Yeah. So yeah, bit yeah. of a bit of a strange one. Um, but I won't deny driving in those challenges is quite a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah particularly is, yeah. in the in the older cars. Because they're a beast, absolute they beast. They are. <laughs> but the core game itself, where where do we want to start? Um, uh, I don't know. It's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Because I guess it's a little bit like like we've discussed in other episodes, talking about the latest FIFA game and different things. But they have made a few, quite a few enhancements, and it's another level on last year's, which we both thought was pretty phenomenal at the time. It was the best F one game I'd ever played. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and. It was hard to figure out exactly what they were going to do to improve on that. And I think they've done the right thing by not really trying to improve on the handling or the performance or the way it plays. They've worked on adding more features and I think making it a little bit more accessible. Yes, yeah, definitely. And I think they have they have worked on some of the handling. And I personally think, I don't know if, how many of the different core F1 cars you've tried, but there is a difference. So I was out in the, uh, the Williams earlier. I just thought yeah. it's not a car I normally drive. 
we'll get on to the reasons why I was driving this later on in the video and we get on to something else, but I was driving it and there is a massive difference and it was a bit of a beast to handle <laughs> compared to jumping in even something like the McLaren. Yeah. It, which is, dare I say, easy-ish to drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah, th- there is that... There is that definite handling difference. Yes, I've, def- I've noticed it between the McLaren and that. Um, I'm predominantly doing my career in an Alpha yep. at the moment, and it's reasonably well-balanced, but you do notice how much better some of the, the higher-spec cars are. Yeah, which, in a way, it should be. Yeah. Because you could just jump in a, in a Ferrari or the, the Mercedes and off you go, and you've got the best car, but then we could be racing each other and you could be in a Williams and trying to overtake me. And you'd be like, hang on here, son. Because <laughs> Adrian knew he'd been having his hands in that a lot, but it, it just wouldn't happen. And I think they've, that that shows in the game. Obviously there are settings, if you were to do your own personal multiplayer, where it will balance the cars. I think that's still in there somewhere. If you it, wanted it. Is, it. And I think we'll get to the multiplayer because that's massively expanded. Actually, I think in, in, comparison to how they dealt with it last year which multiplayer was great last year but they've done a few different things with it which make it in some cases more interesting but in some cases it pulls back a little bit but but from a career point of view um i've particularly liked the way it handles the development into your career so it's not just oh whoa hello you've had a phone call from an f1 team now you actually have to prove yourself in f2 to a degree. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that's, out of everything, that's the biggest disappointment for me. It's fantastic having F2 in there, but I just feel that part of the the, the, the story or the career mode is just just a little bit too short. It's I, kind of two half races with a little bit of a challenge in it and then one full race. And you're yeah. already the, the reigning well, not reigning, but the champion leader, I think. Yes, yeah, you're fighting for I understand why it's done, though, um, because I, I think it sets up the story nicely. It tries to give you some backstory and context for having some rivalry moving into an F1 career, but that's exactly what you bought the game for. It's F1 2019, not F2 2018. Yeah. And because of that, it also makes sense why it's the 2018 grid for F2 as well, because in, it's like you are going to finish top of the championship in the previous year and therefore move into 2019 along with two of your rivals. Three. Four. I've only noticed two. So Albon will be in there. Uh, sorry, yeah, you've got the genuine drivers. Um, yes. I should have clarified that with when you're moving with your live rivals, they're fictional rivals. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, he's two. got a Twitter account as well, which is hilarious. Has he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I might have to have a look at Devin Butler or whatever his name is. He is a dick. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But yeah, he's got his own um, he's got his, his own Twitter account. It's brilliant. Oh, I might, I might check that out. But yeah, you, you do your F2 season. You have these two rivals. You have your teammate who's all sort of kind of jolly, friendly, competitive spirit, but he's your teammate. And then you've got Devin who's out for himself. Uh, it's Devin and Lucas, isn't it? Lucas is your teammate. Mm-hmm. And all three of you step up to F1 at the same time. And Devin and Lucas take the spots of a couple of um, existing F1 drivers and you yeah. take another one. So actually the F1 grid is reduced down to 17 names that you will recognise. But it adds a bit of um, consistency across your, your initial F2 championship and then driving into the F1. 
Yeah, yeah, oh, it actually follows the actual career path of what most F2 drivers do. Yeah. Um, and, and it is good. I'm not knocking it. I just, for me, I'd have liked to have actually proven myself in F2. And I think it would have been if there was a couple of, a few more full races or the ability to do a full season before going into it. Just because the F2 cars are a different beast, but they are just a little bit slower. And I think for anybody that maybe missed the last one and picked up this one, it's a good way of learning the tracks and getting into yeah. it. But yeah, it's not knocking because it is it is great. Yeah. Um, and the, the F2 cars are crazy. They, they are. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I found them very tricky to handle given the amount we've played with F1 2018. I foolishly expected them to handle the same. And like I say, the lower power, but there's a lot less downforce. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I don't know. And whether it's because I've, I've been racing a lot recently, anyway, I've been on project cars like a couple of times a week and stuff. And whether it's because I'm already in the flow. Um, I mean, I mean not, I'm not saying they're easy to handle. They, they will kick out, but I think I spun it twice and then that was it. Right. Okay. I know what the limits are and, and off I went. And, it sounds like I'm being really pig-headed, but it I does, just, yeah. I don't know. I just because you you te- you message saying, "Oh yeah, they're a bit of a beast to handle." So the, the, you got it um, day before me, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. The traction uh, I, I found was was surprising how little there was coming out of the corners, and yeah, you you do get used to that. Yeah. Uh, the biggest part for me though um, was actually the braking, the braking zones, and. Um, as as re-familiarising myself with the tracks, I'd had the, the corner markers on, so I knew where the braking zones were, and the, it just was not indicating far enough back to slow them down in time. And I found myself overshooting corners a lot, and that took a little while to adapt to. Yeah, you have uh, to really stamp on the brakes and rack the yeah, gears down. And actually, what I've ended up doing, especially when I've moved up to the F1 in the career, I've had to start tweaking the brake force because it's not strong enough on the defaults for me. Yes. And that's kind of helped. But taking the defaults right from the beginning, which is kind of what I expected to do with the career, is not have to tinker too much, is actually no, I probably have needed to to adapt it to my style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how did you find your wheel settings when you first went into it? Because I, I thought they were, I have tweaked them, but I thought they were pretty decent out of the box. No, no, they were, they were really good. I turned down the... Uh, in effect, almost, I can't remember what it's actually called, but like the tyre friction, the contact with the road surface. I turned oh, okay. that down a little bit because after the first two-hour session, uh, my arms were aching. Uh, uh, but okay. that's pretty much all I've changed. That's, oh, no, I dialed back the curb feedback as well because that was very rattly. Uh, yeah. Not in a bad way, but it was just it was just a bit too overpowering versus everything else. But, but you're right, absolutely. I think it was pretty much good out of the box. We have... We have different wheels, which people yeah. that have listened to it before that will know. So I actually upped quite a few bits. So the the curbs, the tyre friction and whatnot, but then dialed back the overall force feedback. Ah, uh, okay. Um, because it did, once I upped them, I was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> and then I, I just dialed back the overall force feedback. So I get a little bit more feeling because I quite like the judderiness when I go on a curb. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the way of the tyres, because... There was my first race in Australia. I was going around and he said, right, your tyres are going to start to go off. And then the next couple of laps, I actually spun out. Yeah. Um, because I was probably pushing a bit too hard on slightly knackered tyres. And then I spun 
I went to go and you could really feel, I don't know if you've had this yet, where the, the, the grip goes. So you'll be going around a corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it'll just suddenly like your wheel will snap around on you because there is no grip. You've like literally got to that point where there's nothing there. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's um, there's a setting in the feedback, isn't there, about the um, is it called something? It's something to do with the oversteer. I forget the name of it, but there is something there, and you do feel it. It's a little bit like the feeling in Dirt Rally Two, where you go from ice to tarmac, yeah, and tarmac yeah. to ice. You, you've you've got the full grip, and then you suddenly hit this ice patch, and it's just loose as anything, and you've got no control. Yeah, and it's like anybody that, that, that drives that's listening to this, if you go over a, a wet yeah. uh, manhole cover or something like that or hit a bit of ice and you, your wheel suddenly moves a lot and you're like, well, that's not yeah, normal. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And, and it's it's really good. It's you know It shows you that your tyres do need replacing. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's really nice. And like you say, as a default, it works. And then it's just tweaking to preference after that. Yeah. And so you can just get in and go without having to mess around, which is which is very different from the last Codemasters game. We've got to say that, haven't it? Dirt 2 took a lot of tweaking. Yeah. And the patch. Yeah. To yeah, get whereas, anywhere near. Whether it's because this is a little easier to code for in the sense that it's one, not one car, but it's one discipline with maybe yeah. slightly two different variants, but they're both going to react in a very similar way. And that's and it's it's tarmac as well. So you've literally got it's true, yeah. You know, kind of one track surface, one discipline with a slight variant between the two two different types of car, which there isn't going to be an awful lot because it is the feeder service, feeder team, isn't it, or the feeder yeah. series? Just the dialing F1. back the downforce elements, isn't it, and and restricting some of the power. Yeah, although the, yeah, those F two cars have got an insane amount of power. Just wish well, yeah, gears. that's true, but yeah, um, and it does play well with the pad. I've done a fair amount with both um, because sometimes you don't want to pull the full chair and everything out and actually you just want to race and do a few, you know, maybe some of the challenges or something. I've been doing those with a pad and drives absolutely fine. It's not quite as precise, but it, it kind of never will be uh, because it's, you know, translating movements off a couple of analog sticks rather than steering wheel and pedals, but it still plays and handles really well. Yeah, I'm, I am a little bit slower with the pad. Um, five seconds, maybe a little bit more Ooh, compared that's to quite a wheel. difference. But that I think I've because I've been using my wheel so much. Whenever I do any racing, unless it's Forza Horizon or Need for Speed or something like that, I I will just get my wheel out. If I fancy a race, I'll get my wheel out. Um, and it I struggle now a little bit with the controller, not not to necessarily control it, but to get that accuracy and the speed and yeah. I I don't know. I think I've just become one with my wheel and i know no, no, no. That, that, the limits fair. and things it is it is more precise than it is yeah it, it, it's more like doing it but uh but yeah it's perfectly playable with the pads as well it, yeah it yeah does, gotcha. it does yeah in fact i've actually done quite a lot of the multiplayer with the pads oh, okay yeah nice but but from the career point of view um the rivalry piece returns doesn't it from the previous game where you get to choose a rival to measure yourself against as well as your teammate uh, you outscore them, it gets your kudos, uh, which standing with the team. And that's not massively different. I don't know how long it took you before you were promoted to number one driver in your team. I got kind of a contract negotiation after five races or six races. Yeah, I've not done too much of the career mode. 
if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I've mainly been messing around with the different cars and settings and, and whatnot. But it, I, what, one thing I did notice, I don't know that it's just a different way that I'm playing, but I did find that the sportsmanship and, and whatnot was a little bit easier to come by and you rep with the team. There wasn't yes. as many negative comments that you could select because sometimes you'd read them on the other one if you got a chance to read them, although they did put a setting in afterwards. And you'd select one and you go, oh, I've got negative rep. Well, I yeah. wasn't being negative. I was just saying that, you know, I pushed the car a bit too far and maybe we need a bit more downforce. Yeah, it's negative, but it's not. I'm not saying the guys are rubbish back in the factory, get the finger out. And you yeah. always had to go for the, in, in in 2018, you always had to go for the really kind of lick the arse of your team <laughs> ones to get that that yeah. extra rep. So, yeah, so the, the post-session interviews, and they crop up at any point. They are hmm. random. You don't get one after every session. You don't get one after every race. Uh, but you get your press interviews. And, yeah, they do seem a lot more targeted to the responses this time around. They're a little easier to read. And yep. they do have that boost benefit of morale within the team and can affect your standing. And, yeah, that sportsmanship, showmanship balance. So if you want to be a bit of a knob, then you, you can be and you'll get the showmanship element, but you might lose the rep with the team for being like that, especially if you're you know, saying it's all you're doing. Yeah. Um, the bonuses to development are a nice touch, but they're only active for a couple of races. They don't last for the season. They don't last forever. So you kind of have to coordinate. If you boost the morale of the aero department, you better get some upgrades going on your aero department to make the most of it. And I'll tell you one thing I've noticed with this one is that you can pick parts to upgrade and they can take several weeks or several races to come into effect and they can actually fail in development. So you never oh. even get them on the car. Interesting. And that happened with virtually everything I started developing right at the beginning of the season. You're plowing resource points into it to do it. The resource points are not easy to come by. You get them, but you don't get them in abundance. Mm. And so to plow quite a lot into a particular development to then get told, oh, it's failed, you'll have to buy it again, you're like, are you having a laugh? Yeah, yeah. Now, I guess usually it's at a reduced cost to buy it again, and it will usually work the next time you do it, but you're like, well, hang on, what's the point in that? I get it's the realism of some things do work, some things don't work. And yeah. you can boost that reliability as well by investing in certain Q&A resources but they're quite pricey. So you kind of, it, it, it's making you manage your career at a slightly slower pace than maybe you'd like. Yeah. But then it's a 10 year career. It's not one season done. It evolves over time. And they've even put in the, uh, the feature this time that existing F1 drivers through the course of your career will change teams. Yep. Which is, I think, such a really good idea to try and build that longevity out of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the the career modes definitely. Obviously, it's going to get repetitive because you've got what twenty two tracks, and you'll move around in teams and you'll be doing the same stuff. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's a repetitive series. <laughs> it's true to life. Well, it's like most. It's like most sports. Ultimately, it's a set number of teams, a set number of locations, and. You do it year in, year out with the same people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, but it's, it, I do like the what I call mini games when you're doing your development in free practice and stuff. And yeah, it makes you learn the tracks and 
push yourself and look at where you need to get quicker and how to save your tires and and whatnot. The only thing I wish there was, there is a video about it. And I think I'm getting there with it. There's still no tutorial as such and training uh, yeah. session on how to launch a car. It's not the easiest thing to do. Now it's it isn't, but I found it easier in this game. Yes, than I did than I did in the last one in the multiplayer and in a number of the races. I've got off the line at the same pace as everybody around me, which has said to me it's easier because I'm not losing like ten places off the start. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm about the same. I have launched, but it'd just be nice to have, if you like, it almost like a drag simulation, but obviously for starting, and yeah. you just have to keep doing it and doing it and do it because they do it in the not in the race, but they do it in practice sessions and they yeah. do it on the, their parade lap. So. Why not just maybe put you into a simulation once you go into F1? Right, now we're going to see, show you how to launch the car and what the different buttons do. That, yeah. Just that kind of hand-holding for two minutes or however it, it long it takes. Be, it probably would be a good idea, for especially for newcomers, because it, it comes up with the button prompts on screen, but it, when it says oh, hold optimum revs, well, what are optimum revs? And, yes. and face it, in those cars, in first gear, a, a two-millimeter movement of your accelerator can be yeah. difference between twelve and nineteen thousand RPM. It's it's, yeah. it's very very sensitive. It is, yeah. And what I've learned is that just to smash the accelerator down to max, and then I just <laughs> ease my foot off yeah. until the the blue lights start to go or go, and then just put just a tiny bit on. Yeah, and then that's that's my optimum. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I've got, I usually put it about half, roughly halfway down. I think it is release it and then slowly apply it yeah. to the bottom yeah. once you're going and that seems to seems to catch some of the ai launch off the line it's ridiculous oh, yeah. <laughs> so they have some stunning moments and they have some terrible moments but more stunning yeah. or more often than not i'd say actually yeah and i've i've actually upped the difficulty i think i'm on hard because it kind of gives it a points value, doesn't it? I don't know if you've tinkered yeah. with it. Um, yeah, no, I've t I turned it up because I, I was finding it a bit too easy. Easy, and also that they don't they don't smash you about as much. It seems that the harder the difficulty, the more professional courtesy you get ah. with them. Because I was finding that I'd be going into a corner and I'd go for to outbreak someone, do a, a Danny Rick and lick a stamp and send it. And then they just go, well, you're on my racing line. And then that's it, smash. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. well, that wouldn't happen in real life. No, no, it is It is definitely one of the best racing AIs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a few issues on the easier difficulties last year, but in the career mode, I've had definitely less problems than, yeah. than previous iterations, not just last year, yeah. but before that. Yeah. And, um, and it, it looks amazing, doesn't it? The oh game. Oh, God, yeah. I think yeah, they've, it they've has upped. had that graphical overhaul. Yeah, and and to be fair, last year looked really good as well. Yeah. But this year, they just seem to have just just tweaked it a little bit more, added a few more shadows and lighting effects and dust yeah. and all sorts of stuff. But th yeah, the there's haze bits in where you... China is quite yeah. spectacular at distance, uh, and the, the yeah the the way the sunlight filters through the buildings in um, Baku stood out as well. And that yep. shadow, uh, light to dark shadow perspective, when, you, when you're in the tight confined spaces, it, it's 
it is impressive. It is really impressive. The the piece I'm not sure on why they've made the design decision like this in career mode is you know when you you first choose it you get to choose your your session length and everything else Mm -hmm. you decide in how you want your career to be because you can go everything from one shot qualifying five lap races up to full simulation race weekends and that's your choice you can't do anything about the practice sessions aside aside from the length but the minimum is three half hour practice sessions and actually, I've, I've found because I've wanted to get through more of the career, I'm running at short and race distances, and I'm running in one qualifying session rather than a full hour. Plus, you know, I don't have two or three hours to sit there at a time sometimes. Um, but I have to have three practice sessions. I'd love like the options to go, actually, I'll just do one because then that lets me do a couple of, um, a couple of familiarization laps, maybe a tyre and fuel run, that kind of stuff without having to basically simulate to skip the practice sessions. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I mean, I think I do um, the 15-minute quali. Yeah. I can't remember what I've got the race distance on. You can skip it. You can just spin past it. You can simulate, but you're sort of thinking, well, why, if I can alter the qualifying and race length, why can't I choose to just do one practice session? Why does it default as a minimum to three half an hour? Because that, if you're doing all of them, that's like an hour and a half before you even get into the, the meat of the weekend. And like I say, if you if you're doing one quality session or you're only doing a one shot, like it's an hour and a half for one minute thirty. Yeah, I mean, whether it's because they want to give you the option to get the points and do your track familiarization and, and different things and whatnot i don't know if it'll affect your career if you don't kind of get quite high up on the boards for you know for timing or you know with the qualifying time i I don't know when you simulate you still get points um you don't get the same level of points you don't yeah as as if you've taken part and done it yourself but there is there is something there and you don't get your bonus uh rep with the teams or your reduction in rep if obviously you've done something wrong um, right. But it, yeah, it it feels like a bit of a well. We want to make it accessible and a little bit arcadey for those who just want to dip in. But we are going to stick you a mandatory, massively long practice session to begin with. I, I don't understand why we wouldn't have had the option to you know just do one. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And, uh, yeah, it makes sense why yeah. you can't just if you can alter everything else. Why not that? Yeah, and like I say, hit simulate. You just start looking at loading screens when you do that. You know, why don't you just skip it altogether? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the career is a lot of fun. It does feel good when you're racing in anger against the AI, and it drops in like it did with last year's the challenges between the odd race as well. So the the ability to take part in a classic challenge on a different track or in an old car. Um, and score points against your rivals. And they've tweaked those, I think, a little bit this year. Mm. There's like uh, times challenges to see how far a distance you can go before the clock runs out, where you get a boost of time if you hit a checkpoint. You've got your overtake challenges, which I think were in last year. There's, there's a couple of others which are really, really well put together. 
um, and really get you to play with the different vehicles. Yeah. No, yeah, it's nice. And they're standalone as well. So you can either do them in your career or they're already unlocked, I think, right from the beginning. And there's 20 of them, I think, yeah, in I think total. So, yeah. Yeah. So there are 20 of those. If you've got the legendary edition as well, there's the eight center and prost ones, which are the same type of challenges. They're just specific to those drivers. Yeah. Uh, so there's a nice little diversion there. You've got your time trial stuff, which, in fairness, we were really trying to outdo each other um, in France, but the weekend yeah. just gone. Give I don't it a like shot. That track it's not all. my favorite. Not my favorite track. But. It's pretentious. Drives me up the wall. Why do we need to have all that blue stuff everywhere? Just put grass <laughs> down like every other, other normal person. <laughs> it's just it's, it makes you go a bit like your eyes go a bit messed up watching it's, it. It's color coded. You know what part of the track you're on. Well, it doesn't matter to Danny Rick, but anyway. It's <laughs> for a different podcast. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, the time trial's there, and that's quite nice. And, and again, that repeated ability that they brought back, that um, when you hit a certain time on the board, uh, you can take the setup of the person who's in front of you with the faster lap. Uh, yep. So from a real world, you, you know, your, your genuine global leaderboard, you can take their setup at the push of a button, which I think is a really good idea. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling, you're thinking, well, how, how am I losing half a second here or there? Well, hang on, try their setup and see what it is. Uh, so I have spent far too much time in time trial, actually. Yeah, that's that's probably where I've been spending most of my time as well. Um, I took Jensen Button's Braun car. Oh, nice. Around that's a Azerbaijan. Drive. <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah, that was interesting. Did you wreck it? Uh, no, but it, I did get close to some of the barriers. It's, it's interesting going through the uphill twisty bit. Oh, God, yes, that is a very, very challenging thing. Even on your track familiarisation, actually, that is a hard one to get right. Yep. Uh, I, uh, I wrecked my alpha around back in. Oh. I, I took the front wheel off. Oh, Matt. On the straight. I will, I will admit that I had to restart one bit because um, Lewis Hamilton annoyed me because he nudged me. This is before I turned up the difficulty and spun yeah. me around. So I just kept my foot in, turned around and belted him one. I wrecked my car, but he got it. <laughs> it made me feel better about myself. <laughs> restart. <laughs> yeah. So there's the restart. But then the flashbacks are here as well, aren't yeah. they? So that unlimited rewind time over the last, I think it's about 15 or 20 seconds, you get to review and then pick another yeah. point, which, you know, to be honest, when you're three quarters of the way through a race and something silly happens, sometimes you do think, oh, I'm just going to go back and not do that again. Or try and avoid that person this time around. Yeah, um, it it all works well. It all works really well. Yeah, they've done an outstanding job. The new UI works really well as well. Yes, it's easy to navigate. There's bits about F1 news and esports stuff if you want to do that. The esports is really interesting on how that's going to develop because you can take part. You can actually go in for the qualifiers yeah. for the esports and, and pit yourself against the pros. I think you could on the other one as well. They, they, I think they used to put a every now and again a qualifying session up, which was like a, a time trial for potential qualifiers to go into the esports yeah. stuff. Uh, but they're, they're, they're making a, a more of a, a spectacle out of it this time, which is yeah. which is nice. And then yeah. obviously you've got the custom car as well, which I presume is where the esports stuff will come into its own. Yeah. So it's the same machinery. So so having that calendar there for the esports and for the races. 
Yep. And every other event that's coming up, that's really nice. Uh, and it's, it, you know, it's a really simple touch and kind of obvious, but hasn't been done before. And it just makes it a little bit nicer to work with. Yeah, yeah. And there's something new coming as well. I don't know if you knew, knew this, Matt, to an extent, but um, they were showing off on their YouTube channel today that you'll be able to customise your hood soon. Oh, so it's I there, but it's coming as an update. So you'll be able to move where the track map is, where your rev counter is, where all your, I your lap times are and stuff. You can do that on the PC already. It's not on the consoles yet, though, so obviously that's what's coming. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. nice. Oh, that's nice, because I did think that was a good feature on the PC. Yeah, uh, it's, I, I, it is nice just to move things around, which is easier for you to see, especially depending on the the view that you use as well, because everyone has a preference yeah. to, to how they how they have it. And sometimes you think, why is that there? Like for me personally, I would keep the the Halo Sense column on just for that realism, but I turn it off because I, I do have the braking line on just to keep myself yeah. tidy. And, and I always it, do when yeah. I'm, I'm, I play multiplayer games as well. And I can't see it that well with that Sense column on, so I yeah. just turn it off. Very true. Yeah. So... I suppose we've we've danced around it a little bit. The multiplayer. Yeah, I've not touched it. <laughs> oh right. Oh well, it's just. So me, it's over to you, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> you I've tell spent me. Quite a bit of time in it. Okay. Uh, because it's easy to get into and easy to race. Uh, it, it it connects quickly. It loads reasonably fast. There's not a long waiting time between races. Um, you can configure yourself to drive however you're comfortable. In right. the races that I've had a go on, they don't seem to be set um, assists turned off or anything like that. Though, if you're doing a private race, you know you can set those things uh, and determine whether they're right or wrong or what, how you want everybody to play. Um, right. It is it, it is easy to get into and quite a lot of fun. The only drawback is, as ever, the other races. Ha. Yeah, yeah, you've come across a few um, Maldonados oh. then. Oh, some terrible, terrible people. Uh, they're, they're, uh, don't get me wrong, when you go online, you will realise that you are not fast enough in a lot of cases. There are, even I was doing a race around Brazil the other night, and I think there were only four of us racing. Uh, two of them were two seconds a lap faster than me, and I could not figure out exactly where I was going wrong. Uh, it's it, it, that happens, but that's fair. You know, you're racing; they are quicker. The worst yep. thing about the bad drivers is that they will deliberately just treat it like uh, dodgems, and you get penalised. The penalty system is not right. It, yeah. it is unfair, and there's a number of races where I, I, I've been, I've deliberately left space because you're conscious of what you're doing. You're making sure, right, okay, yeah. I do know you're coming up. I'm just going to drift and leave you out a little bit of room so that I've been fair. Uh, and then I've been sideswiped, spun round, and penalised. It's it's not the easiest thing to code, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and But I, I do completely feel your frustration when someone, like there's been quite a few times on Project Cars where I've been penalised for leaving the track when I've been hit off the track. Yeah. Um, and it's like, but that wasn't my fault. <laughs> and it's like, you've got a warning off the race director 
maybe you should check the replay. <laughs> it's that um, kind of thing. You do want to shout back at it and go, but it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. How, how they could code that, I don't know, to make that better. I, d- I don't know. There was, uh, oh, I, I'm, well, even if I could remember his name, I suppose I'm not going to give him the notoriety. He was deliberately just ramming people around Canada. And he was forcing people off the track, and it just didn't do anything about him. the The only way he didn't get away with it is he actually cocked up one of his corners and ended up going backwards into a barrier. So everybody just went past him, and then he could never catch us up again. Yeah. But all through the first couple of laps, he was just being a deliberate menace, and obviously was not being penalised enough because you do get the end of the race, and it tells you who's had time penalties. Yeah, and I'd seen him hit. I think two people in front of me, and he'd done it to me as well, and he received one time penalty. Whereas I'd been battered, clattered by somebody else. Again, probably a genuine racing incident, actually. we It wasn't anything malicious, but mm. I'd received a time penalty from somebody yeah, else. And, and, and me. those instances, and, you, know, you could kind of go, well, yeah, it was an accident. I, I let off, but there's got to be something. But when when other racers that are deliberately going out and smashing you do things like that is annoying. And the only thing I found to do is find them and burn the house out. No, is um, find them (laughs) and block them. Uh, Yeah. So when you race again, I know you'll never be able to get them all, but it means that if they try and join a race that you're in and different things, it just won't happen. Yeah. It's, it's a shame because you can see, that there'll be quite a lot of people on the grid want to play properly yeah. uh, and don't want to to ruin it that way. But it only takes one or two to to kind of spoil that experience. And it, it does drive you down that route of thinking, well, actually, I just want my friends or people I know so we could yeah. get together and have a race. And that's where the leagues come in this time round. Oh, okay. So we did uh, the online championship. Yep. Sort of. We did on. We meant to do the online championship, didn't we? But we'd started halfway through the season. We just did races at a time. Yep. But this time you can do leagues, which is basically the online championship set up with the number of races that you want, and it's persistent. It will stay active until you've yeah. completed all the races. But you have to all race together. I was. We were having a conversation, you know, over the weekend because we actually thought it was a bit like the dirt leagues, where you could set up. Uh, some tracks and basically it's fastest time kind of thing but it's not it is a genuine you all must be playing at the same time in the same race against each other kind of thing yeah but it's nicely configurable there's a lot of options even down to are you the type of people who need to be told you are racing at 8 p.m on a friday or are you the ones that can just deal with ad hoc and do it whenever you want as long as you're all together and if you can't make a race for your league, then it subs some AI in for you and, oh, okay. and completes nice. it. So you're not left out and completely a race behind. Yeah. So it's, it's a really nice touch and actually one I can see being more fun to play than with randoms. Even though with randoms, you're all in the same cars because it is that FIA designed specialist multiplayer car, which sounds a little bit weird with its engine note and the revving was a bit odd. It, it, I can't really describe it it's because it's not an F1 car. It seemed a bit strange. Okay. Uh, but it, it but it handles well. It plays fine. Uh, but if you're in the private stuff, and I think if you're in the leagues, you can set to use the actual F1 cars. 
but you can like we knew last year you can decide whether they're all the same or whether you allow the teams to have their certain advantages yeah yeah it's yeah sum it up it's all right online it can actually be a lot of fun as long as people are like-minded yeah and i think that's where you you kind of private leagues and different things will will come into its own yeah and um, i try not to do what i call hoppers where you just hop into a multiplayer and and go because I've been stung so many times and smashed yeah. off the track. It's not funny. I would say it's a 60-40 I had. Okay. Uh, 60 positive. Yeah. Um, but that is, it has been pre-release. So I don't know whether that ratio is going to get better now that the game's out to more people or whether it's going to get worse. Yeah, I just, do you know what? It's one thing that I've never been able to fathom out. Why someone would spend 50 quid on a game and then go online and just ram people off or just shoot your teammates and stuff. I just don't, I don't understand. Some people just enjoy it. And that's, you know, that's them. That's, that's up to them. It just ruins it for the rest of us. However, you do get safety ratings and you do get ranks and it does group like safety ratings together. So in theory, if you're going to go on and do that, eventually you should just end up in lobbies with people who do that. And the safer racers uh, are able to race together. Unfortunately, you know, I've mentioned that the the penalty system is overly harsh. It doesn't always translate it back to your safety rating. So even yep. if you feel a bit aggrieved at getting a penalty, it's not necessarily causing you an issue outside the actual race it can still give you a decent safety rating. Oh, okay. And you get, I think you get graded for um, whether you quit or not, whether oh, you actually good. bother quitting out of a race or not. There's, there's hmm. something along those lines as well. I forget the word. Uh, and the reason I'm forgetting a lot of this time is because I've not played it in about three days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there's, there's one of the ratings which uh, I'm pretty sure is tied to how often you actually finish a race. Ah, that's good. But it's a good game. It is, yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, I know we've talked about this. We will get to, obviously, this final part. I've had a few niggles on the PS4. Yeah, th- this conversation's gone a lot more positive than what I thought it was would do because and, I thought you'd uh, the, slam it. The, the QC, and I'm classing them as QC issues because they're little tiny things that shouldn't have got through testing. Yeah. But have. They don't spoil the game. They don't affect the way it handles they just ruin the experience a little bit it's like i've had the rev counter not displaying properly uh, for numerous races not just a one-off in one race it, you know the lights don't flash up properly though they miss out or they go out of sequence which is weird the engine notes not tying up with that so you're not shifting at the right times which is is quite strange i almost turned on the engine rev shift tone Oh, so I that, did that once. That drove me up the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's how many times you're changing gear. It just, it just annoyed the hell out of me. But yeah, there's, there's, I almost turned that on just to see if I could counteract it. Uh, the yeah, the way it's... Oh, God, this was one of the weirdest things it did. I was in Baku, and it's part of the reason I ended up crashing out during the race. Um, for qualifying, I wanted to take some of the downforce off because I was great through the the twisty sections, um, but I was just losing too much time on the straights. Yeah. So I went in pre-qualifying to do that, and um, it does it all from your cockpit, doesn't it? It zooms into the TV monitors. Yeah. And you change your settings. 
So I zoomed into the TV monitors. I went to alter my custom setup. The camera zoomed back to the cockpit, but was still in the aero menu. And so I was having to squint and peer at this thing in the distance to try and change my aero settings. And I think I ended up getting them wrong. I think I ended up putting too much on the rear or too little on the rear, but something that made me unstable. Uh, but I don't know why it did that. It, no. It's just silly. It's silly bugs like that that just annoyed me. The interesting thing is, is that you, you, like I say, I was expecting this conversation to maybe a little bit on the more negative side because of the bugs that you've had. But I'm on, I'm on the Xbox this time. I was fortunate enough to get it on on both consoles, but not not yet anyway. Um, but they, I've not had hardly any issues there's only one issue that you said oh can you try this which was in the photo mode changing the shutter speed oh god i mean which makes the screen go black that's not a game breaking thing that's just poor implementation that you're putting in a really nice photo mode to showcase your lovely looking game and you try to apply any depth of field which is kind of important for a, a racing game especially shutter speeds and things like that to create the motion blur and it just turns the screen dark yeah, yeah, which I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll patch out, but we'll you, you're on about these different things, and I was like, oh no, Matt's having a really bad experience. But but on the Xbox, other than that, which has gone across both consoles, I've, I haven't had any of the issues that you've yeah, had. Yeah, like I say, it, it just strange. feels like there's a couple of QC bits that have been missed. I've had two, I have had two crashes. Uh, I've had, just, as in not, not actual racing car crashes, I've had. Um, uh, console crashes uh, yep. once we just quit back to desktop uh, second time a full lockup of the machine oh yeah uh, and a black screen I could could not do anything um, and just got the angry PS4 that has a go at you for having to power it off <laughs> uh, it's it's these little niggles which I have to stress again it doesn't affect how much fun the game is but it pulls you out of the experience a bit because it, it makes you feel well it's not quite as top-notch and well-presented as we used to the Codemasters games being. And it's weird that it's just a PS4, and that's what makes me think there's just a few QC issues that haven't been picked up. Yeah. And they will get picked up. As long as the common problems, if we wonder those, it'd probably only be me that ever sees them. (laughs) Or maybe I'm just too picky. (laughs) Yeah. But but the the good thing is, is like you say, though, it's it's not ruined your overall impressions of the game. Oh, no. Because I was expecting it to maybe a bit... Me going, yeah, it's amazing, and you're like, that's no, not. I've had all these issues and and different things, and it's not. It's it's there, but you've dealt with it, and you've still really enjoyed the game, which I've is done, which is good. Uh, look, any game where you're putting in twenty or thirty laps of the French track at a time because you want to get the fastest lap, yeah, you know, it's not a bad game, is it? No, not no, at all. Not at all. So yeah, F1 2019, fun. Fantastic fun. Great for the F1 fans. It is a lot of fun to play. Niggles aside, it, it hasn't detracted from the game itself. It's just, you know, the odd piece, which I wish was a little bit better. Yep. Um, so, no, it, I, I recommend it. I do. Any F1 fan. It's a great game. Uh, and even, you know, lapsed F1 fans, or even somebody who just wants a decent, solid, playable racing game, actually, yep. you know, we, it's going to give a little bit of a challenge, but allow you to customise it to your own preference. And mm-hmm. that's something we've not mentioned. The level of assists and customization that's there is is pretty impressive, and it means you can set it up for however you want to play. 
Yeah. Just because yeah. Ali plays with no assists and in, uh, absolutely has to have it as hard as possible. It doesn't <laughs> mean everybody has to play like that. You can pick what you want. Stick the traction control on full and ABS and you're away. Oh, God. That sounds like a nightmare. That does. You're not quite as quick with the traction control on full. But, uh, but yeah, ABS is a godsend. I do like that. No. No. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Mind you, you you won't have any problem with ABSs or anything else, will you? With your uh, new no pedal, yeah. So I've I've brought a, a uh, so anybody that doesn't know about wheels, you have a conical. That's the right word, isn't it? Yes. Mod on your pedal, which is basically a funky little um, rubber triangle that sits underneath the pedal, and depending on the um, the pedals that you've got and the game that you play, you can change it on the on the pedals where that sits and how hard that mod is. Mm. And then you can customise it so you're not pressing the, the pedal as much and different things. But it is still um, arcade, if, if you like. If you like, it's not fully realistic because it doesn't feel like a proper pedal. So I've actually brought myself what's called load cell mod, right? Which you, I don't know if you're pedals are hardwired in but mine's got like a offset um rj11 cable that plugs into the back of the wheelbase and um, i think mine are hardwired actually so so on mine i can take mine off and plug different ones in so i, I upgraded mine a couple of years ago and that they, this cable then routes through this mod and then that goes into the back of the wheelbase and it actually makes it into a more realistic pedal so it doesn't push down as much but it it gives you the same feeling as when you brake in a normal car. Right. But it also sends a, a different signal back to the wheelbase and then overall to the game in milliseconds or whatever it is that makes you more consistent with braking. It won't necessarily mean that you can brake later as such, but it just helps with that muscle memory mm. because you're not wearing down a little bit of rubber and different things. And it's actually based on signals, computer signals going through as okay. opposed to using your foot and then relying on a bit of rubber that you've tweaked or not tweaked. Yeah. Um so I've not I've not set it up yet, but I've I've been doing a lot of racing to kind of get a baseline for where I'm at, especially with F one. Yeah. Then I'm gonna fit it. So I'll be putting videos up on my YouTube channel from uh Sim Racing Solutions where it's come from. Uh, which I've got a discount code for anybody that's interested in this. Oh nice. Well, and then I'll it, fit it if- and then I'm gonna do more more laps and see if it improves. I was going to say, if it works, that might be something to, to consider. I'm saying yeah. my pedals are hardwired. I think the pedal unit is, I do have to plug them into the steering wheel port. Yeah, so, so there'll be a, back, yeah. a bit on the back yeah, that, yeah. that you plug them into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is for my Thrustmaster T3PA Pro pedals. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've got a GT style because there's two different styles that you can put them in. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm going to be fitting that in the next couple of days. So possibly on the next recording, I'll be able to give you a little yeah, update. Yeah, let us know how it goes. Let's know how I've got on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought, why not? And I was a bit cheeky as well. And I've got some discount and stuff because I've got a YouTube channel. So <laughs> you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Let's see if that makes a difference. Yeah. 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 I, I, apparently it does. Yeah. And oh, there's some expensive ones. Yeah. Yeah. This one sells for £99. That's so it's not cheap. No. So but, you've got to be quite into it, but there are ones that go for close to 200 yeah. I was going to say, given the cost of some of the the kit for racing games, 99 is not that bad. 
No, no, not at all. No, not compared yeah. to the Fanatec stuff and everything yeah. else. And, and yeah. what I'm aiming to do is kind of do a video, show it how it puts together, show what my first 10 laps are on the various games that I've picked, and then I'm going to use it quite a lot because I'll use it a lot anyway and just see if it does improve my times and how it yeah. works with different games as well. Because I don't know if it's going to work any different with different games. I honestly yeah, don't know. Very true. True. Yeah. Right. Okay. Bit of tech. Yeah. Well, it's been good. It's it's been nice yeah. going back over my thoughts on on the game. Um, it is good. It is a great game. We we wouldn't be doing the second podcast of the year about F one twenty nineteen in second, or is it even third? We've talked about it a lot this year. There's quite yeah, a lot between on the that site and about it. You know. It's, yeah, yeah, we're a site named after a Metal Gear Solid uh, trope, uh, yet we talk more about F1 and Hitman than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Central resource for those two games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for joining me. And yeah, no problem. Thanks for everybody out there for listening. Um, remember, head to the site if you want to uh, have a look at any of the reviews, news, trailers, uh, read Stuart Cullen's Scotch Corner, or take part in Code at Momentum. Or head over to YouTube to see Ali's racing videos at Cornwolf. Just search for Cornwolf. I'll, I'll pop up. Yeah, he will be there. Yeah. And remember to join us next week when it will be June's Codec Momentum update. Ooh. Yeah, we'll see who's done what. Have the leaderboards changed again? I've got a feeling they may have tweaked slightly. So it'd be really good to see what's going on there. So thanks very much. Goodbye. And a bizzle.